I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Are they closed? Yeah, dude. Are, I don't cheat, bro. Are you covering up all the way? Yeah, dude. Okay. All right, come on in. Keep them covered. Keep them covered. They're wearing flip-flops. Keep them covered. They're wearing flip-flops. Keep them covered. Yeah. Oh. Gotta live in big time. Oh. Gotta live in big time. Uh, here's the story of Love on a Leash. What kind of person are you? What are you? What are you, some kind of idiot? You look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> to come over to my place my i'm getting a grand piano what yeah in my uh in my uh, i have like a home studio yeah and i'm getting a grand piano so you have to come over it, it comes at the end of the month it's coming in like two weeks did you have the improvs piano for a little while i have it still you still have that yeah that's how did you it, acquire uh, that the upright are we recording yeah oh okay <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i was trying to be all organic no it was it was very organic um yeah, uh, the uh, the improv. Uh, someone from the improv called me. I think Jay called me, and mm -hmm. he was like, "Hey, uh, you remember the upright from the lab?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "We threw it in the trash," and I was like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, what are you what are you talking about? He was like, "We rolled it out into the back into the alleyway. And it's with the trash. They're gonna throw it in the trash," and I was like. You can't throw a piano in the trash. A piano is a living, breathing organism. Yeah. To me, it is. Of course. I was like, that's absolutely insane. That sounds crazy. I was like, I I will come down there and I'll come get I'll be right it. there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I went down to the improv, and then I called um, a uh, piano moving company okay. on my way. And I was like, I need you guys to, to come down and come get this piano. And they were like, okay. I mean, that's I'm worth like, it. Yeah, I think... Free I think, piano? Come on. I think it cost me maybe 150 bucks to get it moved from the alleyway. Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, that's, that's amazing. Great deal. And uh, they brought it up to my place, and then I got a piano tuner to come in and, like, tune it up. And uh, it's been sitting in my kitchen again, uh, and, uh, and for for a couple years that's now. That's like a piece of history, dude. It is. I love it. I love it. It's so nice to have it and I will like I'm I'm a, I'm about to get a grand piano yeah. which is extraordinary and I'm so excited about it. But how does it compare I'm keep, I'm not, to I'm my not, Casio? No, but I'm keeping I'm the, the this Casio is really nice. I love it. Weighted keys. I love it. This This is a beautiful. Ooh. I have a Casio keyboard from almost 17, 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. From when I used to go to people's homes and play gigs at their house and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> play play gigs at like bad mitzvahs and stuff. God, dude. I used to play <laughs> I used to play piano gigs with my Casio keyboard at like 
like falafel houses and stuff like i mean the worst places i wouldn't at one point were you seeking the musician route more than the comedy route no no it was just um you happen to be good and know how to play yeah i mean i've been playing uh i'm 42 i've been playing since i'm two or three years old and so it's my my whole my whole life i've been playing the piano that's so cool my grandmother taught me how to play and, uh, what a and, great memory to have uh, with your grandma. That's it, so cool, so man. Neat. It was so neat. And she played by ear, and she played up here on the black notes. So she was all about, you know, like, like she, you know, would. She was always using the black notes as the main notes, and then the white notes as like the as supporting like supporting notes, almost I guess. as a opposite baseline kind of thing yeah 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 so yeah. Uh, i i grew up watching her do that and then i you know started getting piano lessons and uh you know i think i think i had my first piano teacher when i was about like four years old something like that and uh played for a long long time and then kind of just used it once i once i got to la i used it as like a tool to get work and like um like i was the piano player for rage the gay nightclub um i was the opening <laughs> i was in a cage i was partially I was in, nude i was in a cage <laughs> at rage cage at rage on fridays with skg come on by i'll play you some diddlies <laughs> i was doing all sorts of diddlies um, <laughs> i was getting diddled i was playing diddlies <laughs> Uh, I was working, working there, and um, I was the opening act for Dream Girls, the uh, the drag queen show. Okay, so it was before Drew uh, 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 RuPaul's uh, Drag Race, so they had this big drag queen show with the biggest drag queens in in L.A. They'd all come and perform, and while they were getting ready, I would sit on stage at this piano and do like. You know, do like some Elton John stuff, you know, and it was like I'd sing and I'd play, and uh, and then I got well, the you job. You have a really good voice too, oh, so God. I bet at those drag shows you freaking were fierce. It was. I wore a bright white suit on stage. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, I wore a white suit, uh, as Tony Hinchcliffe would say, which would constantly get ketchup and mustard on it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, I was doing that. And I would get you know I get paid you know some little bit of money for that. And then I was the piano player for the Friars Club in Beverly Hills, and that was the that really? was the big job. Is I'd be the opening. I'd play before the big stand-up show and I'd play after until like two o'clock in the morning. And uh, so who were some of the people that were around the Friars Club when you were playing piano there? Uh, like who were some of the, the guys who were like in the club and, and the comics that were a part of it? Sure. So the comics that were the regulars were Jeff Ross, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, um, who was, I mean, she's amazing. And uh, Gaffigan, um, David Tell, people, uh, a lot of, uh, there's a couple, couple of those, you know, a yeah. couple of those folks. And I, I think I was just Saget, curious what, what kind Saget. of like class it was of the roasters that were in that area. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, 
they I, there wasn't any like roast when I was there. It was yeah. like I never got to watch a roast. It was like uh, there was a, a stand up comedy night, and um, this guy named Tim Mars was the host of the comedy night. And then uh, comics, you know, just uh, would get up and do spots for guys like Ryan Stout and Ian Bag. People like this would get up and do the the smaller spots, and then the big spot at the end of the show was always like a Sarah Silverman or someone like this you know and uh and then after the show was over they'd go i go into the bar because we have a piano player taking requests and then i would sit and play at the bar and wear a suit and the the whole bit you know? top three requests that you would get go oh my god um piano man i just it just made me want to put a gun in my mouth <laughs> I would always do like, well, it's nine o'clock on a Thursday. <laughs> I wish I wasn't playing this song, but this girl is so unoriginal. And now my job is much too long. Da 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 da. La 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 la. Or some stupid thing. I would just be like, just get me out of here. Right. That one was all the time. Tiny Dancer was all the time. And, um,. And then I'd get weird requests like um, Britney Spears uh, toxic. Like they'd be like. Something like that, right? Maybe can't you see? Maybe can't you see? I'm drowning. I got my juice. Well, warning. It's dangerous. I'm calling. It's like that that was like a big that was a big a big thing dude it's a big thing for me right I now dude. i love it's, it it's solid i, I would have let you just keep going dude you got this piano here i'm getting hyped right now dude. i know this is so nice man i've never i've never done a show and had a piano in front of me like this is like a really nice it's I feel awesome like, can we jam i have my sax with I'm me down to jam let's, absolutely let's jam a little bit we'll talk a little bit after that anything what do you want to do um whatever you're feeling right now and i'll, I'll try to jump in yesterday Love was such an easy game to play Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not having
place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Oh, that was really good. That was fun. That was fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. That was cool as hell, man. We got a request for Endless Love. Ooh! Me doing Diana Ross, you doing Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. And I have the chords and the lyrics printed out for you underneath that table over you there. Stop. Stop that right now. Yep. And you're the him and I'm the her. My love. There's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. My first love, your every breath that I take, your every step I make, and I, I, I want to share. Just to hear you breathing Watch you smile while you are sleeping While you're far away and dreaming I could spend my life in this sweet surrender I could stay lost in this moment forever Every moment spent with you is a moment I treasure. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing. Even when I dream of you, the sweetest dream will never do. I still miss you, babe. I don't wanna miss a thing. Lying close to you, feeling your heart beating, and I wonder what you dream. Wonder if it's me or see Then I kiss your eyes and thank God we're together. I just wanna stay with you in this moment forever, forever and ever. I don't wanna close my eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And I don't a thing even when I dream of you sweetest dream will never do I still miss you babe and I don't wanna miss a thing I don't wanna miss one smile I don't wanna miss one kiss 
just want to be with you right here with you just like this i just want to hold you close feel you out so close to mine and then stay here in this moment for the rest of time If we had done that at the Friars Club, they wouldn't have knocked it down and turned it into a parking lot. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. 1,000%. 1,000%. We would have saved comedy. But you know what? Sometimes you got to blast off in outer space with a little Aerosmith. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That was great. You sound great, bro. You sound great, dude. You sound great, bro. Dude, you sound good. Bro. You sound good, dude. Dude, you had uh, you had a you've been freaking viral on TikTok lately, bro. Viral on TikTok, (laughs) coming to Nickelodeon. Coming to Nickelodeon, viral on TikToks. He's viral, folks. I like the plural. Adding the he's viral on the TikToks. He's viral on the Tiki Tacks. Yeah, that's the man. That that was crazy, bro. That was crazy. Yeah, because yeah. you, you did you did this uh, you did a cover of uh, Narls Barkley's "Crazy" and and dude, he retweeted it. I saw and like a bunch of like different celebrities and stuff. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. CeeLo retweeted it. That was bananas, man. That's insane. Yeah, and then uh, Lizzo uh, just found out Lizzo used it, used the sound. Well, she she duetted somebody who used the sound on uh, TikTok, and um, and Ben Platt used it, and. Uh, Addison Ray and all these like people on the TikTok started using this sound. It's like seventy thousand people have made videos using the sound. It's freaking insane. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. Is it weird to see your voice like by so uh, heard by so many strangers in videos and like used for different reasons? I'll tell you what, man. The weird the weird thing is um, is that like uh, during this. Uh, during this time period in in my life, uh, the one though you know like I've always felt pretty supported when it comes to like uh, a, a lot of different types of stuff, you know, like you know comedy things like this, right? But you know, singing or playing the piano, things like that, you know that that's like just been kind of a private thing mm-hmm. mostly, you yeah. know, and uh, and so then. Uh, after uh like i went through a breakup during covid time a lot of know? people did a lot of lot of one or the, the other it happens i had a baby <laughs> yeah you had a baby i had a breakup these there are you go. both that, those are the uh, the ends of the spectrum yeah yeah it was bees across the board uh-huh you know yeah just breakups babies breakups which one did babies. you have yeah seriously what, <laughs> what happened percent? to you in 2020 was it a breakup or was it a baby <laughs> what was that what was what it what was that seriously which one happened to you in your life welcome back to breakups and babies <laughs> that's a great 
insane idea for a show. That is the best idea for a show I've heard in a long time. Bre- Welcome to Breakups and Babies. Breakups and Babies. Hi, I'm your host, Zell. Yes, my name's Zell, like the Wells Fargo transfer. Yes, was I? am I a, a Generation Z plus to the square power? You bet I am. <laughs> this is my co-host, Chase. Are we both named after bank stuff? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, so, Chase, what's going on with you lately? Well, I spent a little time at U.S. Bank, and let me just tell you, it sucks. Go on. Let's get to your breakup. So good. Oh, no. Basically, breakup happens, and then I start, I'm like, oh, man, I... Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna... You, you realize that's like a that's your super your superhero moment. Like when the breakup happens, like you just start playing like the keys. Yeah, like, and, then like, you, and then oh, like, now I'm <laughs> I'm finally becoming my true self. It's bounce back, man. Yeah, just a cape. <laughs> a cape explodes out of my hoodie. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bounce back, man. It's great. <laughs> with, with with unused condoms still in their packaging. <laughs> A cape full of condoms. Yeah, the, uh... it's bounce back, man. <laughs> He'll come at you at any second. Literally, he's been blue balled by his ex for years. <laughs> it's bounce I'm back, coming man. for you. I'm coming for you right now. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really good. You've seen him on Big Time Rush. <laughs> no, no, it's the worst. The worst. It's like, wait, what? The worst character. Are you, are you ready for your childhood to be ruined in thirty seconds? It's like, hey, where's this trailer voice guy coming from? Why is this happening? Yeah, this is my life is going all right right now. Why is this it's happened? bounce back, man? <laughs> bounce back, man. You thought you could hold him down, literally, until he got out from underneath you. Nothing keeps me down, America. Uh, <laughs> so great. So I started doing, I started playing uh, live, you know, playing, yeah. playing, uh, you know, on, on TikTok. I started going on live on TikTok. Which is something I've never done before. I've gone live on there. That's cool. Uh, it was pretty crazy because uh, I'd go live and it would be like, uh, you know, a couple, you know, maybe by the, by the, you know, do a half hour, you get a couple thousand people tune yeah. in. Something like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's a neat, that's a neat feeling. And I mean, that's a lot to go live for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and then, uh, I made a video with some TikToker, some like big TikToker and, uh, and uh, who had like a couple million people. And then my TikTok following went from 300,000 to uh one million within what? a with with uh, within about a week and a half that's it just went crazy just <sighs> shot through and then and then it was like every video i post does 10,000 20,000 50,000 100,000 views right and you're like damn this is this is like serious stuff and then i was like i'm gonna try going live see what that does yeah see what happens first time i went live 50,000 people watched live dude isn't that crazy to think that that is a stadium full of people yeah that's like a giant that's such a huge amount of people to be tuning in to you we're talking like not promoting it yeah Mm -hmm. just just on a whim 11 o'clock at night pacific standard time the rest of the country rest the most the rest of the country is asleep yeah and you're just like 
I'm just going to do this like for fun. Bink. And you just go on. And then it's just like 500 people watching live. And you're like, I, it started making me so nervous because I was doing it just going, let's, I'll take song requests. Yeah. And then I started doing song requests. Then uh, I start getting contacted by people who are like, hey, by the way, I have a recording studio. Hey, I'm, uh, I, you know, I can help you put out uh, music if yeah. you want help. Like uh, friends like Casey Abrams started offering to like, you know, come and play tracks and do stuff. Then I go into a studio. Then I start recording uh, some, you know, a couple tracks here and there. Uh, then you came in and played uh, sax on Play a sax on, on a on a song, that, a Radiohead song, right? on a Radiohead song, yeah. which which uh, came out uh, right around New Year's Eve, which was like super cool, and uh, it was real. I just, I just was basically just doing it for fun, but you know, just trying to you know have something new in my life that I could like put my energy into that was Dude, like a good a good uh, usage of energy. It's an amazing outlet. It's uh I bought that keyboard right before the lockdown and I, I'll tell you what, it, that's one of the best life investments that I've made because I I I was um taking some like some occasional like lessons and stuff before yeah. that and uh these last couple of years I've been taking off and on lessons like when I can and uh but I was like using a real rinky-dink keyboard before that and my teacher was like if you get a little bit nicer one, you'll want to play more because it'll sound better in your ears. And I was like, okay. So I bought that. And then so many nights I would go and just put in headphones and just play for hours. And uh, oh, yeah. I wrote a bunch of stuff during the quarantine that I'll, once it's ready, I'll, I'll send it to you. Ooh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and you know what's so fun about that too? Is it like, you know, with stuff like... Um when I was a kid, if there was a song that I liked, I'd either have to go buy sheet music for it or I'd have to hand listen and chart, chart out the yeah. song. You yeah. know, I've been and, doing that for years with sax where I'll just put on a song and because sax sheet music is not I mean, you just have to buy it. It's not something that like guitar chords where it's just like tabs that you can just look up real easily. Oh, wow. Sax sheet music is like you almost have to buy every single piece of sheet music. Whoa. So like I for years have trained my ear to just hear the song and and pause it after a while and then write down the notes and then that's how i've gotten my my sheet music anytime i do covers or anything like that for yeah. like the jam or anything like that wow yeah. yeah it's really it's difficult it's difficult stuff to do that's impressive it's really impressive but it's like once you know how to do that you know then you then you know how to transpose you know yeah. like you know like that that has happened a few times where there's like a song where i'm i'm playing and i'm like or I'm playing uh, on ultimate guitar on their uh, chord charts that they have, right? And I'm like, this note's wrong. This note's like this chord's <laughs> You're wrong. You're critiquing the video game yeah. designers. You're like, no, come no, on, dude. No, 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 not the video game. Uh, ultimate guitar is uh, uh, an, an app. Oh, I thought you were. I was thinking Guitar charts. Hero. That's yeah, hilarious. Guitar Hero would be. Yeah, you're like, this sucks. Yeah. PlayStation, pull your shit together. Come on. Uh, but yeah, I, I started finding little uh, little things where I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, okay, like. You know, and then and then what's so fun is to be able to sit down at the piano and someone go, "Hey, do um, Black Hole Sun," you yeah. know, and you're just like, "Boom!" Just pull it out of thin air, be able to and then it be out. able to be able to like play it and, yeah. and do it. It's it's a great it's a great feeling, you know. Yeah. It's rad. It's super rad. So uh, yeah, you know the so TikTok. Uh, God bless you. 
yeah, so TikTok has become kind of a crazy thing for me now. I'm at I have uh, 1.4 million people on there. Wow! And uh, I do about 26 million views of uh, video views a month, which is it's ins- a lot of eyeballs. It's a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. And then whenever I go live, uh, it, it ranges between. 30,000 people and about 50,000 people for a live, which now, is does crazy. Now, does that make you feel like, does that encourage you to want to get back out on the road with stand-up? Or is it like, oh man, this is crazy that I'm doing this from my living room? Or is Not, it just a completely separate feeling? I'll tell you something, because I love stand-up. You know, it's yeah. it's a huge, huge piece of my life. It's, it's the biggest... Um, I look at it as like the glue for everything. Absolutely. It's, it is the thing that, uh, I feel like that I can do that. That is, it really is like a bit of a superpower that like most people can't do that. Most people are afraid of, you know? And, and because of that, it, it is put, it puts us into this brotherhood of, uh, uh I mean that, you know, male and female and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, sisterhood of the traveling pants, all the traveling yeah, yeah. pants, uh, all the, all across the board, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all genders, all genders of course. involved. Um, we are all part of this, you know, secret society of, of hilarious people that get to work together. And it doesn't matter if you, when you're on a standup show, it doesn't matter if you've been doing standup for, you know, 50 years or you've been doing it for six months. If you're funny enough to be on that show, if you're funny, then you're funny. And then you get to be with all these people. There is no other business in the world that that really happens with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's no giant movie starring Al Pacino and Rick. You know what I mean? (laughs) It just isn't how that works. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and the same thing with like orchestras and and bands and people that go into the studio and, and record giant albums. It's not usually some brand new artist and, you know, Jay Z. It's usually Jay Z and and, you know some some other person that he would work with i don't know but right you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so um what what i kind of want to do after doing all these lives is i want to take myself to colleges like universities and thing and like uh theaters and stuff and do uh like kind of a bit of a one-man show like an evening with steven kramer glick i mean that'd be awesome yeah because then i'd get to tell funny stories on stage i'd have a grand piano i do some songs if there are people that i know that are in town i can that i'm friends with comics or things like this or musicians have them drop by have them drop by do cool. a song with them tell a funny story with them anything like that I that's for me that would be the 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 move. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. What I want to do. That's well, what there I'd you like go. To figure it out. Yeah, I well, just have to figure out how to do it. This but. is a soft pilot. There you go. I don't see. I do. We're just chilling. We're talking. We're I know. Jamming I love on it. keys. It's I great. love it. I love that kind of stuff. It's the best. Right. It's the best. Yeah. 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 The weird. The weird. Uh. Uh. The weird. Uh. Thing that happens sometimes with the. Uh, social media stuff is getting like when people get too wrapped up in it and they put too much focus on it yeah and they make it like it's their it's like people people make a living off this type of stuff but it's like a lot of people do but you have to have like i think multiple things you if it's if it's the only thing that you're famous for right really is a bad it can be bad 
well, I yeah. think it can be bad. If I think it's, it's toxic for your psyche if that's your only thing. Oh my god! Because you're only basing your your uh, worth on numbers. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? If if you're like, oh, that flopped, it's like that's a big long term like damage to your psyche. Oh yeah, like you, you know, to just to be hump, just to keep my. Not to keep myself humble, but you know, to keep myself humble, like I'll go and do a a TikTok live thing, and I, you know, you got like you know forty, fifty thousand people watching you sing and play the piano, and then I'll leave there. I'll say good night, everyone. I'll go to Facebook and I'll go live on Facebook, and four people will will Isn't tune that weird? in, and 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 they're just like, hey, like that's all the messages. Yeah, hi, hello. You know, Hi, Steven. Hello from Wisconsin. Hi. And it's like your like cousin. Yeah. You yeah. know, or some relative. Like, it's it's like no one gives a shit. Yeah. You know, like that's it's good to to remember that it's like it's only exciting. Some like that stuff is not lasting, but it's like it'd be fun to do something with it. You yeah. Know, at some point. Now, I've, I have a, a segment that uh, it's been a while since you have been on the show. You were actually one of my early, early guests. I think even before video. There was no video. There was no video. Before just... there was video for podcast, it was Steve Kramer Glickman was one of my first guests. It was a lot of fun. We stayed around, and we made the. I think we we called someone. We do, we did prank calls on a rotary phone. We did we did prank calls, and what a fun time it was. And we called the Michelin company. And we said, "What? Why are my tires going backwards?" It was something like that yeah i believe it was something like uh, uh like uh it was i asked them i i said i said do you need some sleep and they said why i said because you're so tired it was something like that it was like a it was like that except it, it was, was a bit that worked it was well it was Barely. kind of like a refrigerator running kind of i don't it really remember a, it was half a joke and no, half of terrible idea. It was something like we called and we're, and we're like, uh, hey, uh, we have your wife. And, and he's like, what? And then we hang up. And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. It was really funny. What a fun time. It was a good time, really. <laughs> I had a I had a good time calling that company. Like, I like, I like doing jokes with people <laughs> where they don't really know it's a joke. And I just, you know, they're more threats. I like you're, you're slowly devolving into Bill Cosby. They're more. <laughs> the they're worse, more. The worse the idea is, the closer it gets. I called I, a jello company. I called and I started threatening the I wife. Started threatening. <laughs> you know what my favorite Sean Astin movie is? You know my favorite Sean Astin movie? Rudy. <laughs> no. Oh, no. What have we done? What have we done? Let's take a quick second and thank one of our newest sponsors and big fans of Jeremiah Wonders, Fume. Fume took a look at the world and they were like, hey, you know what sucks? Nicotine inhalers, patches. That stuff doesn't help you quit smoking. Nah, nah. Gum that tastes like garbage, nicotine gum, that, that's not for me either. Oh, 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 lozenges? That just sounds like a disgusting item. Lozenges is a stupid word, if you think about it. In response, Fume handcrafts beautiful wooden pipes to make the quitting process simple, easy, and even cool looking. Comes in these 
cool packaging like this. Oh, wow. That does look pretty cool. I'm just gonna set this right here. Huh? Fume isn't a vape and doesn't use nicotine, but instead uses cores infused with the world's super plants that are known to help you successfully quit from start to finish. Plus, they taste great too. Head to www.breathefume.com, that's breathefum.com, and use promo code WONDER and grab a fume and check out their variety of plant-infused cores to start today. So this is what I got from my package that they sent me. It's a brand new flavor called Lemon Berry Bliss. And as you guys know, I don't do drugs, I don't do alcohol, anything like that. This is not drugs. This is actually to help with seasonal allergies, okay? It's natural and essential oils, and you just puff on it kind of like this. And it helps clear your sinuses out. And for somebody who has a big honker, like your boy here, that is vital. I always get stopped up anytime there's a weather change out here in LA, which happens quite frequently. And, you know, Fume has already helped over 30,000 customers worldwide with hundreds of customers who have shared their quitting stories on their site. As always, you can subscribe for monthly deliveries and never have to worry about your fume supply or check out the new products a la carte and find your favorite that way. Head to www.fumeessential.com, that's F-U-M essential, and use code WONDER to save yourself 10% to help you or a loved one quit today. So whether you need to quit smoking or you just need a little help, clearing out your sinuses and working on your allergies. It's all helpful. And I love Fume for supporting this show. Thank you. Come see me at the end of May in Sacramento and Portland. I'm back out on tour. If you like this sax hat, go grab it at my merch store at jeremiahwatkins.com. I love you guys. And let's get back into this episode right now, right here with my pal, Stephen Kramer Glickman. What it, you, you do some impressions though. You've got some great ones. I watched uh, every episode of The Sopranos during quarantine, and then I just... Do you have a Gandolfini? I just did Gandolfini for like a week straight. Everywhere I went, I'd just be like, let me tell you something right now. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my freaking life. You're embarrassing me, embarrassing my wife. What kind of person are you? What are you? What are you, some kind of idiot? You look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> just like that. I just, I would just, no jokes. I would just do that always you know i'd go into the bank and i'd be like i'd like to get some money please don't make this difficult okay okay don't make it difficult for me Kamala's out of there but she's busting my balls <laughs> it, was the, it was such a fun such a fun week well you did you did uh, i love i love him so much you did a oh. um you've done some cool uh voices in uh and some animated features and stuff like that which i'm i'm just now starting to get into some animation like in, in the TV world, which I'm excited about. Uh, yeah, that's it's something awesome. that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. Oh, you do great impressions too. Your impressions are fucking spot on. We, we have fun. We have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just did one this morning. I, I, I did a gig this morning where I'm doing uh, Ian McKellen for a... Uh, I'm doing Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, I, I, I know. Did you do an Ian McKellen? I want to hear yours. Uh... There is nothing I appreciate more than Jeremiah Watkins. He's a truly, truly inspirational man. And he's a, he has a baby. And that baby, my God, my God, it's beautiful. 
That's the I, that's something something like that. During the quarantine, my wife and I did a lot of puzzles. And during this time, a lot of people went through a puzzle phase. And this is the voice that I would do over and over and over as I would search for puzzle pieces. I would look over here and to the left and to the right and say, Frodo, is this the piece you're looking for? Oh my God, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> that's like that's like uh, Sir Ian McKellen, specifically Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But other than that, it's more like, when he's in other films, it's more, more like this. Sure. Sir Ian McKellen. I... I I like I like getting. It depends. It depends what version of Ian McKellen you're wanting. Well, I don't, you know where where it gets tricky with animation too is that like they want they want it, but they don't want it. They don't want uh, exact unless you're voice matching. Unless you're voice matching. Yeah, you know, like I I, went I just had to do an audition for a voice match, and it was it was so hard. What it, was it for? Who was it? Um, I think I can say it was for um. Oh frick! What's his name? I already forgot his name. Oh, it was a Stanley Tucci. It was a, like a wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool. He was doing. It was an audition for that for like a character for for something. It was like a voice match, and it was like a. It's like you'll be anonymous, obviously, but um, I put in a lot of work on it. I I don't know. Who knows? I got I got real close on Kermit on replacing Kermit. Really? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I got real close on that. And uh, how's and then, your Kermit? Um, you know it's uh it's all right. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. You know it's kind of I you know uh you know I kind of have a bit of a my well well you know uh the back of my throat is um like you know i i did uh i i voice matched a little for uh for for seth uh rogan back when he was back in the early days i used to get brought in to to did do you really? some to do some like voice you know match kind of stuff uh like it way like well like real like a really long time ago but then you know, like, so there were like parts of my voice that kind of already kind of sound like him, especially if I'm tired and I'm like, you know, kind of talking at the back of my throat, then just his regular yeah. hangout voice, not the big laughs and stuff. The laughs, at one point I could do the laugh, but it's like, there's like a part of the voice that kind of sounds like him a little bit. And then... um I keep, you know, and then I started hearing like, okay, if you can do that, if you can do Seth, you can do John C. Riley. If you can do John C. Riley, you can do this one. Oh you yeah, know, there's they, a lot. There's of, like a um, loop of there, people. There's a certain throat section of of people where, uh, I mean, like going along that, if you can do Kermit, there's a chance you can do a decent Anthony Kiedis from like, because that's one of my impressions that I love what? doing. Uh, yeah. I don't, how, what is Dream of Californication. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's like um bom, dum, 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 dum. Right, so yeah. She's more I see less Is that too too low? Should we go higher?
You you go where you're comfortable. Let me look at the lyrics on this. There we go. That sounded good. Psychic spies from China steal your isolation. And little girls from Sweden dream of silver screen quotation. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. It's the edge of the world and all the Western civilization. The sun may rise in the you know you know what uh uh voice i love doing uh for singing mm. sometimes is you I, I like i love i love pearl jam more than anything in the world um i've tried to cover pearl jam a couple times yeah you just can't because pearl jam and eddie vetter's voice is too ingrained in each other for it to really be wow, done yeah you know what i mean like um Sheets of empty canvas Untouched sheets of clay Right? Right, right, right. Early spread out before me As her body runs near Right? It just doesn't... You can't be like... You can't really... Uh, the other person who's kind of like that is the Counting Crows. I feel like their stuff mr jones now <laughs> or even or even uh what's his name uh dave matthews band like uh um, oh, yeah like you got your ball you got your chain tied to me tie tie me up again sweet like that that whole like um is that right have you ever have you ever done have you ever done a like a ragtime rendition of the Big Time Rush theme? A ragtime rendition? <laughs> you, not ragtime, but like more just like like uh, yeah, like a slowed yeah, down yeah. version. Have you ever done uh, that? Something like um, a make a count play straight on the back. Don't hesitate when you go big time. When you go big time, what you want, what you feel, never quit making real. Something like that. 
If you want it, I'll lay it on the line. It's the only life you got, so you gotta live it big time. Boom, 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 boom. You gotta live it big time. You gotta live it big time. Is that big time rush? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you gotta crush. What you feel, never put make it real when you're all big time. When you're all big time. What you want, what you do, never quit making it real when you're all big time. When you're all big time. Hey, listen to your heart now. Hey, don't you feel the rush? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, gonna shake it up, what you gonna lose? The life you choose If you want it all Lay it on the line It's the only thing you got So you got to live it big time You gotta oh, live oh, in big oh, time oh, 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 You gotta oh, live in big time Gotta go big time Gotta go You gotta go big time That was solid. cool, right? Yeah, that was good. That, that was a felt good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, a segment? There's a segment of the show. I mean, there's the. Uh, it's called Fanning Out. Okay. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. At Zach is not funny. Want to ask you? I'd ask him about his time working on Love on a Leash. Maybe one of the most difficult movies to watch ever for a number of reasons, none of which is your performance. Oh God! What have I done? What have I, what have I done? Explain Love on a Leash for uh, our viewers. When I got in the car and started driving here today, I thought to myself, oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Why, why, why would I say yes when I know that Love on a Leash exists? When I know. And here it comes. Here it comes. Mother, um, Love on a Leash was. Uh, here is the story of Love on a Leash. A um, uh, a woman named Fen Tian, uh, in China, wrote a movie, um, and then she tried to get it made, and uh, no one wanted to make her movie. So then she went. And uh, asked a lot of people, uh, you know, she wrote this movie called Love on a Leash. And so she went to a bunch of people. She said, hey, I want to make this movie. Everybody said no in China, uh, except for the one man. <laughs> yeah, one man, uh, the priest at her local church. And so she went to that priest and she said, I made this movie. He said, what's the movie about? She said, it's about a woman uh, using the power of Jesus to find love. And I need money to make it. He said, how much do you need? She said, $15,000. He said, I'll give you $15,000. Absolutely. If it supports Jesus and the church, you know, that sounds great. But I have to watch it before you release it. She said, no problem. She takes the money. She comes to America. She pays 
some service to translate the movie from the language she wrote it in into English. She does not ask for any help in having it translated, you know, properly. Um, certain things do not sound or make any sense in the script. Most of the dialogue seems because like the translation it was is written all... by a computer. Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. Um, she then casts uh, actors to. Um, she then casts actors to play these roles. The actors have notes on the dialogue. She will not let them change the dialogue, no matter what. It's got to be done you have to say it this the way. way that it's supposed this, to be done. this way you have to say it yeah she steals a lot of shots to make her feature film here in los angeles um while she's making the movie the cast find out what the movie really is about it is about a woman who finds a homeless golden retriever on the street she falls in love with the golden retriever. She kisses it on the face, and then it transforms into a man. And Named then she, Stephen Kramer Glickman. And then she has sex with that man. What was your role in that? I was the voice of the dog. The dog's name is Alvin Flang. <laughs> now, what kind of voice did you do for him? I talked like this. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, great, great. I would say stuff like. I'd say stuff like, uh, uh, oh, that's a great idea. You know, great lines like that, <laughs> you know? Uh, sure. I, I, you know, I, animated I, dog I, stuff. Yeah, I would say stuff like, uh, um, well, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be a pizza-faced cinder block. I think that was an actual line in the movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I said. I have the, that merch, actually. I was reading... I just read the script that this woman wrote in a voiceover booth. Um, and you're just looking oh, at it as sorry. another gig. Did I say voiceover booth? I meant the comedy store office upstairs. Um, that's where you recorded it? That's where I then? recorded it on a... Um, like a like a cassette record machine she brought by a cassette it was like a cassette loop audio machine um that had a microphone that i sat at the desk while i was making calls to tell everybody when their spots were um you can thank ari shafir for this job he he gave me this job yeah um would you like to know how much the job paid sure it paid um a with a, a bag of wontons that she had made herself and two cantaloupes that she bought at the grocery store that is 100 percent true there was no money exchanged she gave me two cantaloupes and a bag of wontons that literally sounds like like a racist caricature yeah. that somebody would come up with. Like, doesn't seem you know, real. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't seem real. real. It seems it seems unfair and and rude. Uh, it is one thousand percent true. Uh, the uh, the movie gets finished. They show the movie to the priest. The priest goes, "Did you make a movie about a woman that fucks a dog? We're never putting this out." And I want my money back. That woman died. The woman who created this movie died. Couple couple months later. The movie, this horrible, 
pile of shit movie that has no releases for anyone in the movie. No one signed releases, including the people who did the music. So in the release, like when they were going to put it out, they have no rights to anything. And so there's just giant holes in the movie where where there's no music and it's just people, you know, having a montage with Is no it, music. Now, Zach Amico, funny comic who who wrote mm-hmm. this question, mm-hmm. how does he even know about it? Well, then? here's what happened. Uh the movie ended up getting thrown into a pile of garbage movies that were just, you know, trash movies, basically. Somebody had made, you know, uh, lots of people make movies all year, every year. You know, thousands and thousands of movies get made here in L.A. that are absolute garbage. And it ended up on a hard drive with a bunch of other crappy movies. Someone probably... That that hard drive of all those movies ended up getting sold um, in volume to a another company. And then that got sold to another company. And then that whole giant pile of 500 movies got sold to a little company called Amazon. And then stop Amazon put all of these movies on their stupid website to fill up space, you know, uh, with, with garbage, you yeah, know, which yeah. is what happens just as fillers as, as you're starting out as streaming services, stuff like that. Exactly. We have so, so many movies. If you scroll through Amazon prime deep, deep scroll, deep you'll cuts. find absolute trash starring people like, Anyways, horrible, horrible movies, right? That you're just like, how did this happen? Why is this happening? You know, people, people who make, who have made things. He was, it's okay. You know, the the point is piles and piles of movies get thrown into the mix. You can cut out that I, I said his name if you want to. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'll leave the part in where, I'll leave the part in where you said that we should cut out his name. But I'll take out his name. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Okay. Gossip. Sorry. So um, what ended up happening is um, people start watching this movie on Amazon Prime. The movie's called Love on a Leash. By the way, Amazon Prime, uh, my new special Jeremiah Watkins Family Reunion on Amazon Prime streaming free right now. Check it out. Perfect. There you go. Great. That's one. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. That's very cool. Um, so uh, this movie ends up on there. Yeah. Um, people start passing it around to each other, going, "Oh my God, can you believe?" Does it come like a, a become like a the room kind of thing? Well, what ended up happening was people started reviewing it and making YouTube videos where they review it, and a couple of those YouTube reviewers have hundreds of thousands of followers right. and then one of those guys watched the movie did a review it got a million or uh, views pretty quickly and he said hey everybody if you're watching this go to imdb go find the movie and leave a positive review because it only has two reviews and let's let's get it some real reviews yeah and it got uh, over a thousand reviews and now it is rated higher than <laughs> gone with the wind and casablanca <laughs> That is 100% true. That's it is like amazing. a 9.7 rating on, on IMDb. All right? as an inside joke. Yeah, all as an inside joke. So Matt Walker, you know Matt, yeah, my, I love my Matt. dear friend, yeah. he, st- he, he saw this and he was like, dude, you got to tell people that you're the dog because they weren't legally allowed to put my name on the film yeah. or on the IMDb because I'm in SAG and, and it was a non-union right. movie. Right. 
So they're like, you. <laughs> so I decided to just like come out about it. And I went on Twitter and I found this guy's post that he had posted about the, the video. And I said, I'm finally ready to, to tell everybody I'm the voice of Alvin Flang, the dog in Love on a Leash. And it went crazy. And then people started contacting me, you know, from other websites and stuff, trying to find the backstory of how it happened, how I got the job and whatever. And I told the story on on stage at at the at the, you know, improv once. I was like, I have a funny thing. But this was actually getting attention. So I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll tell people. And then. And then I got added to the IMDb because of it, which is so embarrassing, but also hilarious. It's great. And, you know, the thing is, is that in the early days of my career, like in the like in the right in the I'm still in the early days, but in the early, early days, I was afraid to have it in public knowledge because I hadn't done anything yet. So I figured if people you don't want that, it, that to be your first impression. That yeah, people see. I don't yeah. want people to be like, oh, my God, this guy is in a bunch of garbage, you know, movie stuff. So I was trying to be careful. But then as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? It's it's a it's fun to be able to go back and watch dude, it, especially since you're you're establishing your career. It's like, dude, that's a great story to be able to share uh, from early on. So you got bad. paid in wontons, bro. How many wontons people can say that? And, and cantaloupe. And cantaloupe. You can't forget cantaloupe. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. 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 So it's become it's become quite a uh, a meme, and now it's on a bunch of other streaming services. It's been passed around from the streaming service. There you to go. Stream. It's it one of those movies resold, and I, the sad part is is that this woman passed before it it blew up yeah um but i don't but you know like a lot of great artists of our time you know sometimes they go a little too soon yeah she i think she <laughs> they don't get the recognition that they deserve well i don't know if she would have liked it because um unlike tommy wiseau who definitely saw the potential in having a good bad movie mm-hmm. this woman thought she was making a classic like she firmly believed. Well, she did all the the elements of a successful movie: talking dog, right? Love, right? Friendship, sure. <gasps> fucking romance. <laughs> Just lots of fuck. There was lots of her fucking that human. Voltage PVP on TikTok just said, "Dude, thank you for an amazing childhood." Wow, that's um, nice. Uh, at we dot 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 rats on TikTok. How was it like on the set and your favorite episode that you filmed the big time rush? Uh, uh, favorite episode is uh, big time superheroes um, because I got to fly. I got uh, up in the air. Pretty much I, everybody's dream. It was a dream, dude. I got to wear a, a leotard. Um, Did they put you on wires and stuff? They put me on this thing that's a board uh where you lay on it and you it's the way they did superman so you like move your hands like you're flying and then they have people that are using wires to move your cape back and forth in the air like you're flying up and up in the sky and they played uh the greatest american hero theme song look at what's happened to me i can't believe it myself it was a absolute dream come true and last note the episode was written by Jessica Gao, who went on to win the Emmy for writing Pickle Rick for Rick and Morty, and now she's writing She-Hulk for Marvel. Wow! So it was a, it has some, it, it was real, it was really solid. First two times that I wanted to be wired up, 
I haven't done it yet. It's still a life goal for me to do some kind of like moving thing. First two times when I saw the play Peter Pan and the other time was when I saw Chris Farley on SNL do his Bennett Brower character with Kevin Nealon where he he gets caught up in the set and Kevin Nealon literally has to yank the wire out so he can free Chris Farley as he goes out over the audience. God, wasn't that the best? Iconic. That was the best. Iconic. A great moment. Um, Chris Cornelius, 666 on um, on Instagram. Ask him what you're most proud of and what you would show someone unfamiliar with his work. Uh, this is, sounds like an older guy. He's like, I'm only aware of your big time Rush stuff and, and he's not watching that, he said, because he's, he's like an adult and he doesn't, even though he's, there's some good episodes. That's very sweet of you, Jeremiah. Um, the thing I'm, uh, I'm most proud of yeah. is... Uh, like, what would you tell people, like, like if somebody met you out of the blue, like, and they're like, show me one thing. I know this is a hard question, but show me one thing that would be like, this is what I want to show you. Uh, the, the greatest thing I've ever, uh, the greatest thing on film that I've gotten to accomplish um, is there is a scene that uh, is an absolute dream come true scene uh, for me. It's like, it literally was like, like my entire childhood going like, Oh, Oh my God, we're getting a chance to do this. Like this is outrageous. Um, in the movie storks, uh, there is a scene where I play all four characters that are on screen at the same time. I play uh, Pigeon Toady, the little pigeon, who talks like this, and he comes up to like interview a bunch of characters that are all sitting in a hot tub together in the middle of like Antarctica or something. And, um, it, it, the, the 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 other characters are a polar bear, uh, who I did who talks like this the whole time. He's like a kind of a New York like Joey Diaz kind of thing. Um, there's a rabbit that uh that that sounded like uh, a little like Tracy Morgan and had like one line which was like uh, that dude's crazy. Like it was like one line, and then there's a snow monkey that I did to kind of sound. A little bit like George Lopez. And so there was like, uh, and I don't know why I, I picked those voices. I just was like, I wanted to do some different accents. And yeah. and I did it just as as like test stuff. It wasn't even final, you know, capture. It was just me coming in and, and going like, well, who's playing these parts? And they were like, nobody yet. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do this guy. And the, the, the line was like, why are you so creepy? Like, oh man, you're so creepy, man. What the hell? You know, it was like, just like, like a stupid thing. Yeah. And they ended up using all four voices in the scene. That's amazing. So, um, as someone who grew up watching Robin Williams and, and, uh, you know, in Aladdin and watching Eddie Murphy and, big uh, fan over here. Big oh fan. my God. Oh God. Watching, uh, watching Eddie Murphy and, um, you know, you know, his, his, uh, stuff and Dr. Doolittle. I think the, and the Mrs. Doubtfire scene where he's doing the animation as I think how most people think animation works. Yeah. Because from that scene, that's their point of reference. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, he's just like going along with the, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's usually not. Oh, you no. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah normally <laughs> it's, it's the opposite. I got super lucky on Storks too, because, um, I, I worked on it for, for almost four years. And because I was in there so early, I got to make up a lot of stuff and, and, and be really silly. And I had, 
I was the least famous person in the room by a lot, by a lot. Like I saw your premiere photos and just the premiere was just like, oh, this is a crazy event. Oh, I I would (laughs) I would show up at work I'd show up at work at Warner Brothers they'd put me in a room half the size of your of of this room that we're in right now and we're in a giant hall we're in a huge room I would show up in this it was tiny little room I'd have a microphone in the corner the little booth and there'd be a couch lined around the couch and it would be Phil Lord and Chris Miller who Lord and Miller uh, you know, did a Lego movie into the spider verse, all that kind of stuff. They're legends, legends. Okay. Next to them, it was Brad Lewis who won the Oscar for producing Ratatouille and is just an absolute mogul in that business. Right next to him, it'd be John Venzen, who was the editor of South Park, bigger, longer uncut, um, as well as like, uh, David, it was like David Fincher's guy. Like he, he's like a, a huge, huge legend in the animation and, and in editing world. Right. And the editors there early on taking notes of what tracks, what stuff he liked the best. Right. Then it was, um, like production designers, then Doug Sweetland from who, uh, was basically the, 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 the model of, uh, of, of Woody for uh, toy story. He was, He's so ingrained in Pixar that every Pixar documentary, you just see him in there doing stuff. Like he worked on Finding Nemo. He worked on all the Toy Stories. The guy's a legend. So he was one of our directors. Then next to him would be um, Nick Stoller, who who did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Mm -hmm. you know, and all those all those incredible uh, movies. Get him to the Greek and all that kind of stuff. So you'd have all of them, and then me. And I would just... Oh, cantaloupe and wonton Glickman over there. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like, I got to a place in my brain where I was like, nothing I do could be, can be bad because who cares? Like, it's such a who... You've already hacked the video game. I have. So it's like, let's just, it's just free play. It's just free play. play, I'm just having a good time. I did not expect to keep the role all the way through. I knew at some point Jonah Hill was going to come in probably and take it over. Uh, But what I didn't know is that they were all fighting to keep me in the, in the role behind the scenes. And that's, that's a great feeling. That's really how, how it went. I didn't know that during it. If I would have known that, it would have probably freaked me out a lot more, but, um, yeah, that, that getting to do that scene and getting to be a part of all of that. And, you know, I got to spend all this time with Andy Samberg and Kelsey Grammer and these people that like, I've been amazing people. Yeah. It was, it was really, really intense and really, really cool. Um, personally, the thing I am the most proud of, uh, without getting all, uh, emotional, um, is probably like, I have a really great relationship with my family. You know, I've got a great relationship with my friends. uh, And uh, I like, I, all I want to do is do like more things in, in the world with the people that I love. That's all I want. That's like my whole, if there was like a goal of who I am as a person, that's what it's all about. What's fun is like the, the amount of different things that you and I like have done over the years together. Yeah. Nighttime show. Oh, you filling in for, uh, Tom green on his talk show. Hell yeah. Um, 
just music jamming together over the years, podcasts, stand-up shows, teen tours at the improv. Oh, yeah. When when when, when the- Big Time Rush was like on and and like and dude he would headline these shows in the middle of summer for literal like tweens and teenagers and i would be one of the openers i would bring him you'd bring you out and it was like the freaking beatles dude it was amazing for me to see well what was neat for us with with uh, uh, doing those teen tours because we've done so many of them together over the years yeah is that they can be so much fun and they can also be the worst thing in history. Yeah. And and when it when it's really bad, we we you and I would walk out of there afterwards just being like, Oh, we went to battle and we fought and whether we won or we lost, we fucking survived. We it, got a story. You know? yeah. And then the next one would just be the best thing ever. Yeah. And we'd walk away being like, Yeah, dude, we fucking killed it with those kids. It was awesome. And it was like you know, and also what was so cool about those teen tours is it's the first time those kids are ever seeing stand up comedy. Well, that's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like live I mean, they'll comedy. have those memories forever. Totally. Like the first time I saw stand up, it was when Glickman was headlining the improv and I was at a summer camp. I went on there and saw these random comics. That's crazy. It's cool, man. It's I love you. I know you're pressed on time. I know, I uh, go. Let's get you out of here. But, um, uh glickman been an awesome guest you have to come back i usually do wig segments i usually do we didn't have time oh, to I get through i want to do more things i'll come yeah, back yeah. Please. you'll come back All right. yes love you brother